Are you curious about fascia or maybe you're wondering, I don't even know what she's talking about. Maybe you've heard of it, but you're not quite sure what it is or how to incorporate moves that help your fascia into your day. So today I am interviewing Anna and she is sharing all about fascia. She is an expert in this. She uses it for herself. And she also shared with me that she uses her movement fascia classes for her mother who is in her 80s. And I just loved when I hear that because for me, for my long-term goal for my health, I just have this vision of being older, even in my 80s and being able to move my body and feel good. So I think it's just important to keep in mind that as we get older, we don't have to become more and more sedentary. A lot of times it's a choice and we have a choice to keep moving our bodies, moving our bodies in different ways, going out for walks and hikes and doing things that feel good. So let's dive in to learning all about fascia. Hi friends, and welcome to the Healthy Beyond 40 show. I'm Michelle, mama four, a military wife. I have my doctorate in physical therapy and I'm an online personal trainer, health coach, and yoga teacher. Do you wish that you had more energy and could get into shape? Do you feel like you're struggling to lose weight? Maybe you've tried a diet before, but it just wasn't sustainable, and now you don't know how to get started. We're gonna look at health holistically here, and most importantly, keep things simple and quick. If you're ready to develop healthier habits, exercise consistently, and lose weight sustainably without long workouts or following strict diets, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, I bring together my expertise with real life strategies. No magic pill here, so lace up those shoes and get moving. All right, Anna, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with fascia. Okay. So yeah, I wasn't always into fascia. Uh, the company I have today took 25 years to build because I um, started off when I was 18 and I was living in a body that felt like I was 80, despite being a professional dancer, but despite already being a certified Pilates teacher, yoga teacher, I had studied a lot of different movement practices already. And um, my body just was showing signs of a lot of distress. And they were complicated symptoms. Sometimes my muscles and would feel like I had had really, really hard workouts, like the kind you can't take your shirt off over your head or sit down easily on the toilet. <laughs> Other days I would feel pretty darn good. And then it felt like um, no matter how much I stretched, I would feel like I was kind of wearing a straight jacket. And on the inside, I would have like zingy nerve type poking, prodding, kind of cutting, uncomfortable kind of pain sensations from time to time. And then there was more like serious symptoms like gastrointestinal problems. And I would go to professionals to ask about IBS and have colonoscopies and couldn't figure that out. And then um, one of the scariest ones was just my lungs. And it felt like some days I would go out running through Golden Gate Park. I was living in San Francisco at the time. And it felt like I was a trained marathon runner. I could run really well. I ran regularly. It wasn't like I would just kind of do it sometimes. It would be like a couple times a week. But I would sometimes feel amazing. And other times I'd feel like I was a 10 pack a day smoker. And I would go and they would be like, you don't really have asthma. You don't have this. You don't have that. And they couldn't really figure out what it was. So cut to, I had taken a fascia workshop from a rolfer during my Pilates certification. So I knew what fascia kind of was. I was so desperate because no one was helping me. I was like, okay, it's not muscles. It's not bones. What else could this be? And I was like, oh, I think it's fascia. Could it be fascia? So I kind of just did this really big deep dive into fascia and simultaneously my mentor kind of, you know, I would call her crying and be like, I, why when I do this, it flares up and am I doing something wrong? I kept thinking I was doing something wrong. I grew up in that mindset of 
there's this one way to do things and this is the best way to do it. And so I was like, I must be doing something wrong. And the um, long story short is I was doing things wrong. (laughs) And I just went and did a deep dive. She couldn't help me. She kind of like left me alone. And I was like left to my own devices to figure out what was wrong. And so I just started like actually experimenting with things that felt good. And I would do certain things where it's like, they tell me not to do this and I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I would get like huge amounts of reprieve in my tissues and my, it would calm my symptoms. I'd be able to sleep through the night and I wouldn't have all this gastrointestinal movement that was causing grief. And, and so uh, that's pretty much a story. I just took 25 years and it, there wasn't a lot of stuff outside of the realm of massage that applied to to fascia at that time. I think probably across the globe, people were, you know, I think there's a movement that was happening. It just wasn't readily available in terms of books and, you know, reading. And a lot of the stuff that I discovered was stuff that I could actually do on my own by myself, which is very different than having a massage therapist go in and doing it on you. I actually actively could do and perform these things with fascia that would create the greatest amount of relief. And so that's kind of what started me on my journey. Yeah, I love that. And I think the field of fascia, it is expanding. Like it's always been in our bodies, but Mm -hmm. as much information isn't really out there about it yet, but it's getting there. And I loved how you brought up, you know, you had stomach problems because fascia goes all throughout our body and that you were really feeling that pain and that discomfort and sort of ebbing and flowing and it just not making sense. So I'm sure it was such a relief to put all that together for you. So can you tell everyone sort of what fascia is Mm -hmm. and why it's important to our health? Totally. Okay. So fascia, when we talk about it with the word fascia is describing a type of body tissue It's similar to a generic term for like, I'm wearing a cotton shirt and this tissue holds your body together. It connects all your organs. It runs through and it's like this mesh kind of webbing that's running on the inside of your body. If you were to see it on the inside, it looks like a really gentle, delicate L-type spider web. And um, it's everywhere. It's just like covering your lungs, covering your organs, wrapping around your nerves. And for a long time, People just would kind of cut it away thinking it was superfluous and that it was just stuffing for the body until we started taking a closer look like maybe this stuff is really important because it's everywhere. And it turns out that fascia organizes an entire body system, just like your nervous system, your endocrine system, your digestive system. But instead of having mast organs that are like the heart and lungs where you can really see them and they're obvious. They're almost like sedimentary organs. They're spread out and they're wrapped through and winds around everything. So there's an organ for fascia that winds around your endocrine system and it winds around your digestive system. This fascia is called your viscera. The myofascia is tissue that wraps around your muscles and your bones. And so all of a sudden, when you have a whole system, you start having metabolic processes, the way these all function together. And that was kind of the secret behind my discovery, which was my digestive system is actually really related to my low back, which is related to my rib cage. And so all of a sudden, it's this integrative organ where we're not looking at by specialty or by part, but we're really looking at this one system that functions them, you know, or um, facilitates the function of them all. And that I think is what gives fascia the most or the connective tissue system is what its name is as a system, not as a substance. And that the fascia is so important is because 
because it's everywhere doing everything. It's an irrigation system, a detox system. It's a sonic system. It's a movement system. It's a hydraulic system. And so it creates all of these different facilities that actually support all other function. And when you take care of your fascia, you're actually creating the, you're taking care of the interface for every other system. Yeah, I love that. And fascia is so complicated, but I think it's important, just like you were saying, it's everywhere in our body and it connects different things. So even as a physical therapist, just because someone has pain in one spot, that doesn't mean that's Mm -hmm. where their pain is coming from. And we have to look to these other areas. And fascia can be one of those things because it is connecting different parts of our body, different organs and going by muscles. So it really puts all of that together. So I got to take one of your classes that I really enjoyed. I actually did it twice. And one time my mom joined me while she was visiting me and I really enjoyed the class. It was a little different than I thought. I think I was expecting like a slower stretching class, but there was like this movement in it, this like back and forth and even sort of feeling, allowing some freedom in the movement too, like telling you to move a little bit, see what feels good to you. And I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. Um, So tell me how working on fascia is different than our typical just strengthening or stretching our muscles. Great question. It's entirely different. What it needs is entirely different. Fascia is 70% water, 30% fluid. That means that when you move, your body moves more like a water balloon being through space than a stick. And that changes our biomechanical model from solid mechanics, which is levers like your bones and pulleys like your muscles, to more of like a hydraulic or a fluid, it's called fluid dynamic biomechanic. And so all of a sudden, a lot of the principle that fascia needs to be able to repair, restructure, stretch, and give you flexibility, strengthen you, it has different principles and different practices that it wants. For example, fascia, the longer you stretch it, the stronger it gets. So instead of trying to hold a solid core and use your abdominals to pull all your parts together, it's actually asking you to hang yourself and to traction and to pull because fascia, if you can picture this, fascia kind of wraps around all of these central tissues in your body like a Chinese finger toy. It's a tube that is woven together and wraps around structure. And so that tube is three-dimensional. And when you stick your fingers in, all of the fibers loosen. And when you pull your fingers apart, it tightens and kind of locks. And so fascia becomes stronger as you pull your fingers apart. And that's how it finds structural support. That's how it finds dynamic alignment. So that's one example of how when you start working with fascia, you don't want to hold positions. You want to fluidly move and you need to have all eight movements of your spine. There is no solid core for fascia. Fascia isn't just your abdominals. The core for fascia runs the entire length of your spine deep under your rib cage. Um, So there's all these different ways that we have to think differently with using a fascia. And one of those is also that movement becomes like a pump. We're more like tubes than sticks. And with fascia being a fluid and your body's 70% water too, all of a sudden, you know, the most simple analogy that can help the listener is that, you know, a syringe where you pull the syringe and it draws water in, you push the syringe and it pushes water out. 
These micro tubes of fascia down to the actual cellular level are a miniature hydraulic mechanism that is pulling and pushing fluid through the system. And when we start trying to overtone our muscles and overstrengthen using solid mechanics, we're interrupting flow and that changes fluid shift that affects our microbiome, our fascia's microbiome. They're starting to see research that's like Epstein-Barr is being activated by fluid shift in the body and that's controlled by fascia. And so there's all of these different ways that fascia asks us to look differently and why movement becomes the most quintessential way, not just rolling, not just massaging, is that if you're really going to take care of your fascia, most people have compromised fascia. And in order to take care of it, it's not just like rubbing on lotion. That's like foam rolling. It can help and it's good and it hydrates, but it's like mouthwash when you need some floss. It requires different types of stimulation. Fascia gets bored really easily. It's kind of like movement has nutritional elements. And if you're not getting them, then all of a sudden the tissue's not nourished and it's not healthy and it can't remodel. Yeah, I love how you compared it to the hydraulic system. And I didn't know it was so much fluid because it's mm-hmm. like a thing. So you always think of a, a salad. <laughs> and I love the the Chinese finger thing because I think we've all put our fingers in those. And I love that picture of it's getting stronger as you're stretching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was really interesting. So during your class, I noticed that you focused on three different things. And as you were just speaking of that like movement, I definitely noticed that throughout the class. And I enjoyed that too, having that sort of coming and going and that movement in and out of the position. So yeah. tell us what the three basic things are that a tissue needs that you incorporate into your work. Great. If you look at all anatomical movement for exercise, fancy term is biomechanics. If you look at the simple mechanism of the hydraulics, your body, because it's tube knock sticks, do these three actions. And these are the three that are the easiest to understand for all movement. So when you flex forward, like doing a sit up, that's creating compression in tissue. Compression is the Chinese finger toy shortening. And what's interesting about compression is that it's actually a stretch for soft tissue. Compression of joints isn't great, but compression for your tissue is great. And so the first action we focus on is how can you make this kind of accordion? Think about every movement that you make in the body as an accordion. It's either compressing. And when you compress, you're increasing circumference, right? The accordion shortens and the tube of the accordion grows. So shortness in tissue expands and is this type of stretching. The other action is then the traction, which is the pulling of the finger toy. That's that syringe. Okay. So we look at every movement. Flexion of the spine is compression. Extension of the spine is traction. And the body has this built-in flexion of the hip, compression. Extension of the hip is traction. And so you start seeing these tubes and these modules pulling and and pushing. The third thing is rotation. We do not get enough rotation. And if you think again back to the Chinese finger toy, the rotation is this ringing out that has a combination of fibers that are pulling on one side of the rotation and fibers that are compressing on the other side. And so rotation is really important for fascia to keep individual in its fibers, meaning that it's like when you dunk a sweater and you're hand washing, I don't like to hand wash, but if you were to hand wash and you dunk a sweater in a tub and you shake it around, that's compression, it loosens it. You lift it up and all the water pulls down through the fibers, that's traction, but you still need to wring it out and you still need to pull it 
restrictions and all of these adhesions in the tissues are moving. And so those become the three foundational building blocks of what we focus on in movement to be able to start creating and moving these tensions through the tissues to restore them. Yeah, I love that. And especially with the rotation. So rotation is just sort of like twisting or moving side to side. And our spine moves in that direction. And we have mm -hmm. to also work and add those movements in. And our side, our spine side bends. It goes to the side. It goes forward and back and really making sure that you're hitting all those movements. And the way you put it together in your classes is so unique. And it just flows so good. And it has the movement. Um, I'm so glad it feels good. Yeah, I think that it, movement becomes joyful. It becomes something your body craves. Fascia actually feeds into a center and has an impulse, like the impulse to move. Fascia feeds sensation into the same area of the brain, making you want to have a reflex to move. And so if you can find that joyful movement, usually people don't want to move. I know a lot of people, like there's the exercisers, but then there's the people who are like, I just don't want to move because either my body hurts or I can't do that move or I feel fatigued or so when you find fascia it kind of restores the joy the option of of movement that feels really good it feels like a deep tissue massage but you're getting all these benefits yeah I love that and so how can people who are listening at home right now incorporate fascia movements into their day with really no equipment and just some easy things that they can do mm -hmm. great question I try to describe that with fascia, world, your world around you becomes your jungle gym. And you need really diverse, like fun things to do. So the first thing you're going to do is every morning when you wake up and you are waiting for your coffee to drip through your filter, you're going to grab onto your kitchen sink. You're going to put your feet nice and wide close to the actual cabinets. And you're going to pull back and hang off your kitchen sink. This is called traction. You need to look all over the place. The world is your jungle gym. You're going to look at parking meters differently. You want to look at handicap ramps and poles. You're going to look at chain link fences. You're going to look at your window that's down on your car while you're filling your gas. You have to start looking around and being like, where can I hang? Where can I pull? Where can I traction? How can I get my syringe to lengthen and get as much pull as possible? And then after that, you're going to start looking for ways to start compressing your tissue. And in compression, it's actually just shortening the body's distance. And so you can hold on to the same sink, but bend your knees all the way to the ground and try to create a primal squat. Like your heels are on your, oh, your sit bones are on your heels. Just make sure that you're keeping your rib cage lifting up to your arms because you don't want to round your rib cage. You want to keep still that length, even inside of compression. You can do the same action. We call them the traction stretches, but the pull and the push can be anywhere on parking meters, on sinks, on countertop, anywhere. I do it um, on my shopping cart at the grocery store. You just start living this life because fascia really likes microdosing of movement. It's not these big workouts that are going to change your health. It's actually getting animation in your tissue. Movement and exercise is not about getting exercise. It's about putting force through the tissue to get the tissue to have motion, to have tissue have flow. So, and then rotate, just get up, put your arms out standing sideways and just swing your arms around you like a summer sprinkler. You see this oftentimes in like documentaries on like a Chinese culture, they're all in the park and they take their arms and let them whack themselves and Chinese acupuncture and fascia have a lot in common and it's not the discussion to have now, but 
they have share 80% of the same lines in the meridians in Chinese acupuncture are the same as the fascial meridians that have been identified. It's about getting these three motions into your daily life and you're thinking not about stationary motion. You're thinking about pulling, hanging, more primal motions that activate that hydraulic mechanism. Yeah, I love those examples. And I think we all have had this internal sense of how we need to move a little bit but we don't do it. And I taking your class, just, I do that sometimes, but it really reminded me of the importance of that, you know, just moving a little bit and letting your body feel so free because we're very rigid or when we're exercising, we feel like there's one way to do it. And there are some better positions and things, but we can have a little flexibility within things. And I think that's uh, what I'm hearing you say. And I also loved how you talked about the micro dosing of doing some of these movements and stretches. And I think that's just a good philosophy for getting more movement and doing things throughout our day is just Mm -hmm. taking that minute or two to move our body and stretch our body. It can help our energy feel better and our body just Mm -hmm. feels better because it's meant to move and we're very sedentary. We're so sedentary. I was thinking another one that I tell people a lot is like, when you go to the bathroom at work, and walk through the stall, hang from the stall. It's one of the best places. And then you go wash your hands and you're back to the office. Literally, these should be like layered in in 30 second, you know, increments at the airport, find the chairs, find the escalator to hang on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's more about the human creativity. And I think that you brought up a really good point just about like freedom. The thing about, I love your podcast because it's just, as you age, you're looking for more and more permission to break from the bonds of what you've been taught, the rigidity, the strictness, the conditioning of social, you know, consciousness. And it's like, you're just wanting to feel better. You want to feel who you are. You want to live true and energetically present in your life. And when you move and when you can put these things into action, it creates this freedom, this freedom to be who you are, to follow the your body sensations, to listen to your body wisdom. And I think that in the long run is the definition of longevity and vital life and an ageless body is like doing what feels good, not what I should do, not the shoulds and, but this feels good. And I'm going to follow that. And it's true to me. And when you taste it, you start to, you know, foster it and it becomes kind of like a way of life, like a passion. And you can start with your body and it kind of changes your whole, you know, outlook on life and approach to how you want to age. How do you want to go beyond 40 because pop culture says you're 40, you're going down. And I'm like, I'm 40 and going up. I just had a baby. I'm 45. I've just had a baby. I'm going up. And I want to, I guess, encourage the people who come to me want to be in their bodies and be present in their lives. And fascia is this opportunity to just like be vital and lift the weights and the burdens that we carry and make space and have lightness in our being. And all of these things that we create in the tissue spreads out into the continuum of our lives, truly. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And as we get older, it doesn't mean we have to get stiffer, have more pain and move less and lose all this muscle mass. There's so much we can do to live a good and healthy life. And I also, if there's people out there who like, I don't even know how to move my body. I think that's where it definitely helps taking some classes and getting some ideas, learning motions and movement. And then you, it's easier to incorporate throughout your day once you've done things and you've had these ideas from other people. So I just want to throw that out there if people haven't moved that much and you're like I don't even know how to do this I don't well here's a perspective I think that people have forgotten how to move that's true our neurological stuff is gone 
But I also tell people that it's like, it's funny to think that you should just normally know how to move because we don't. And so in that way, your body's like a piano. Like consider that you are learning the music of movement and you would study it. And you would like love the sounds and you would start to like struggle a little bit and then you'll get it back. And so people need to rearrange this thought of like, I need to know how to do it and be like, I'm going to learn my instrument and I want to play beautiful music because the music I play is either going to hurt or make my body healthy as I grow older. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And thanks so much for coming on today. And I know you have a special for the listeners today. So could you tell them about that, please? Yes, again, come and visit me. Sign up for my newsletters. You get 10% off. It's a great launching pad to be able to either go to our Vital Life studio just to get like moves, like just start moving. You don't need equipment. Your body's your equipment. If you're really interested in learning more, the we do have equipment that has been specifically designed to go with GST that like amplifies and enhances um, the transformations you're looking for, but you can kind of launch from GST. And I would love to just like partner with you in your steps. And so you get a 10% discount and write me. I respond to everybody personally from that site. So if you have body questions and interests, I love connecting with people. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and definitely check out a class and see what it's like and learn how to move your body in in a different way. It can feel really great. So that link will be in the description below. So I hope you guys all have a good day. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's really nice to be able to talk with you.